I mean, I know you're going to give me the best rate, but that means a whole lot more than saving two cents. So. Exactly. And I think that's, that's like something that comes down to it. Cause also, it, I, I did press record. That's good. So. That's good. It was funny because they talked about how sales or just like any type of business, it's not rocket science, but it is neuroscience, which is so true because that's really what it is nowadays mm-hmm. because people care more about relationships than they do about like the information you can provide because they can get the information anywhere they want, even if it's chat GPT or just anywhere on the internet, like they can find that information. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. Well, so real quick, <laughs> we, we were having a good conversation, so we didn't do the intro, but, uh, anyways, welcome to the podcast today. I have my good friend, Matt Randall here. He's a mortgage lender. Yep. Is that the right term? Loan officer. It He's a matter. loan officer for Creekside mortgage. Um, I've used him for my last, I want to say three, three deals. That's correct. And, uh, it's been a phenomenal experience. So anyways, wanted to bring him on and, uh, kind of just talk about what's going on in the mortgage industry at the moment. Some of the biggest concerns that people are having and, uh, whatever's on your mind. So yeah. thanks for, thanks for coming. Tell us a little bit about yourself, um, what you do, explain so, it better than me. So I'm from Utah County, Provo to be exact, sadly. Awesome. Um, I'm kidding. But no, I, I'm a loan officer. I work for Creekside Mortgage. We're a broker. So whenever the client comes to us, we have a slew of lenders that we can send the loan to, whether it be for the best pricing or the best system. Generally, we try to go for the best system just because we want the process to be really simple and easy yeah. for the person that's buying the house. As far as pricing goes, it's, it's not generally like a big difference in whatever lender you use. But you, it's like you pay for what you're getting. For instance, if you're going to go to Walmart, you know what you're going to be paying for. You're going to be paying for less quality of product compared to going to a Costco or like a Target, like yeah. those higher end where it costs a little bit more, but you're getting generally what you want. So that's... Yeah, there's a lot, lot more trust in the product, trust exactly. in the... Uh, sales person exactly i don't know if that's the same thing in this yeah. instance but yeah like for instance if you're wanting to close really fast the the lender with the best pricing is probably not going to be the best to go with because mm-hmm. they have the best pricing for a reason because they probably don't have the best system to where they can pay enough people to make the process really simple and super easy yeah okay makes so. sense anyways but that's what we do we we broker out the loan to whatever lender we choose and we generally choose the one with the best system and pretty good pricing uh-huh. and it just it's a smooth process yeah so how's it been you know obviously people were getting mortgages like crazy 18 months ago like 2021 mm-hmm. early 2022 how's it been i guess now that kind of the uh the fear has set in the market yeah and uh interest rates have gone up obviously and essentially volumes down like mm-hmm you know, how's it changed? What are you doing to combat it? Like, is it still fine? So and I think, obviously, sorry. how can we overcome that? But yeah. we'll get into that later. I think one of the biggest things that we're seeing right now with how the volume has slowed down is mostly, and you can attest to this perhaps since you're the real estate agent, but I think we're seeing a lot of people that aren't wanting to sell their homes. So yeah. you're still seeing a lot of new builds sell for sure, but they have their preferred lender. And generally, they're the ones getting, like, all of those deals right now. But we still have those one-offs that are like, yeah, I want an existing home. 
Mm -hmm. But I think that's the biggest fear that you're having right now is not seeing a lot of homes listed that are existing. So that's what's slowed it down the most because everybody's got that low interest rate. So they've got a low monthly payment. They don't have any need to move. Yeah. That makes sense. What about, I know like one of the biggest uh, people I've been working with, it's been, you know, I feel like if you're getting in for the first time and you have the assumption that rates are going to lower in the next three to five years, like mm-hmm. if that's a more comfortable situation, but I feel like with investors trying to at least break even, um, it's been a struggle to like, that's a good at point. least for me to recommend houses to, to anyone, just cause it's like, uh, this, yeah. you're gonna be, <laughs> almost all of them are going to be losing money every month. Like have, yeah. have you seen a shift from like less investors, more first time? Um, I or... definitely think, I feel like I've worked with first time home buyers for the most part, just with most of the the agents or just the clients that do come to me, it's generally been first time home buyers. Uh, as far as investors, I think you're getting a lot more of those in Salt Lake County than you are Utah County. Oh, really? Just because that's where you're getting better cash flow. Mm-hmm. And I actually spoke to two, uh, a real estate sales manager today about that. And he said that's been his biggest reason why he's worked in Salt Lake County is because that's where you're getting more cash flow. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Is that because rents are higher? or yeah, it's just because rents okay. are higher. Okay. Value, I think you're going to get better value in Utah County, though. Okay. Especially as it's growing more and more. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the, I know the rental pool, people are all <laughs> pretty upset. It's uh, yeah. got some higher higher rate, yeah. uh, higher rents, but it's still like below where Salt Lake has been. So. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Prices, prices are approaching Salt Lake, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about like, what, what have been some of the biggest hurdles you know, I'm someone that comes in trying to get a house. Like, what what are, what are the questions that people ask that is kind of the the stopping point for them getting a house? What I've seen so far lately is they come in really excited because they think they're about to buy a, a home or at least get pre-approved for a home. Mm-hmm. And and most of them do, but then they see what the monthly payment is, and that's when they start to freak out. And then they're like, "Man, I can't I can't wait for these rates to go down." The only issue that we've seen with that is once the rates do go down, then the value of homes start to go up because it becomes way more competitive mm-hmm. with offers and you got people coming from out of state and they've got a lot of cash generally from like the West coast. That's what we've seen within the last two years or three years, maybe even Oregon or Washington, they've got a lot of equity in those homes and not a lot left on their mortgages. So then they just come in with the cash offers and they outbid a bunch of other people. So that's been a big issue. And I'm sure you've got also like the whole black, BlackRock and Vanguard stuff, but we won't get into that right now. Yeah. Um, but that's been the biggest issue. And I think trying to overcome it, it's it's actually quite challenging just because some of those people are pretty set where they want to be with their monthly payment. But mm. I think there's a couple of options that are available, like a two-one buy down where you you have the seller pay for the uh the interest rate to be bought down for the first two years, just the interest. That's what it comes out of, is just the interest. So let's say your first initial rate when you're getting the application is 6.875%. Then your first year is going to be six, sorry, it's going to be 4.875%. Oh, okay. And then the second year, it's going to be 5.875%. And then going into the third year, it'll go up to that 6.875%. Granted, gotcha. we educate them and let them know that we're hoping the interest rates will drop before it goes into that third year so that they can buy down to a permanent rate yeah after they've bought the home but i think 
you get a lot of people who are just so worried about the interest rate, but in reality, I think they're just worried about the monthly payment. Yeah. Because the monthly payment's their biggest issue. Because if it was if it was the interest rate that they were worried about, all you'd have to do is look what they're doing right now. They're renting out, and they're paying a hundred percent interest a hundred percent interest rate. So yeah. when you look at it that way, you're like, no, you don't care about the interest rate. You just care about the monthly payment. Yeah, so that's the biggest sense. issue. So that's where we've tried to pitch the two one buy down because it does give them yeah. a significant amount lower. Who who payment. usually pays for this? Like, is it the seller that we're seeing pays mm-hmm. for this? Or okay, it's mostly the yeah, seller. So it's mostly the seller. Okay. There are some options where the lender can pay for it, but the interest rates just horrible. Uh-huh. And then it's just and, like And if the seller down. doesn't want to pay for it, the buyer can pay yeah, for it. Yeah, but it's not just rare. It's so so when you do it, it when you do it with that, it's called an LLPA, so a loan level price adjustment. Mm-hmm. And when the lender pays for it, or the buyer, I should say, um, it just affects the rate significantly. So it goes up a lot more. Yeah. Then you have to do a buy down to get back to that one. So let's say it goes up to like 7.5%. It's almost like you're just doing a different buy down, like a 1.0 buy down or a 1.1 buy down. Uh-huh. But to get the 2.1, lender paid it just doesn't make a lot of sense because then the buyer's just bringing like an extra percentage down so then it's just like okay well they should have just bought it down permanently at that point so generally you're seeing the seller and as we go into the winter months i think you're going to see a lot more of that because just because volume slows exactly because you got people and their families they're in school so they're not like looking to buy so you're going to get more unusual cases like divorces or people moving from out of state or older people or people that are in college that don't have families because it it is more challenging to move when you have kids yeah especially in the middle of school no it makes sense summer months are hot yeah winter excluding maybe christmas time around here because that's kind of a lot of students yeah but then it starts to pick back up in the the beginning months Uh of the year um but i think in the winter months we're going to definitely see a lot more sellers yeah. offering the seller concessions because they need to get out of the house. Yeah. So going back to uh, obviously if the monthly payment seems to be the right now they're very elevated. And so that seems to be the reason why people aren't when you do this two one buy down and you're able to reduce from what was it 7.5 to like four and a half? No, six or, point. It would be generally we're seeing the interest rates like the low sevens right now, the high okay. sixes. Yeah. At least for my brokerage, we are. And what does that drop it down to for like year one per se? 2% lower than what your okay. initial rate would be. And say it's like a half million dollar house and they're putting three and a half percent down. What's the, I know you can't actually pull <laughs> that, but like, like what, is, what, like what is the savings we're seeing? Is it like, I think you're, you're seeing about 10 to $12,000 because that's generally what you're seeing the sellers needing okay. to pay for that two, one. Over the two year period. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'd, I'd probably say it's roughly around there. Because okay. I think I have a loan right now that's doing that, and it was roughly around ten to twelve thousand dollars. Okay, Which that's nice. I mean, if if it's a investment property, that's exactly essentially twelve thousand dollars extra dollars in your pocket. So. Exactly, yeah. and that's where some people are like, I don't know, because because I've seen some people take it one way or the other. Some people are like, oh, I'll just I'll just bring less down, and I'll just have them give me a permanent rate, and then I'll just have them cover the closing costs, and then I'll just keep the money in my bank account. Yeah. But then you have some people who are like, no, I care more about the monthly payment than I care about keeping the money in my pocket. Yeah. So it's just a give and take. If It just depends what matters more to you, whether it's Definitely. keeping money and leveraging it or using it to, to lower your monthly payment each month. Yeah. 
And I know like for me trying to mitigate risk, this sounds awesome, but if interest rates don't drop within two to three years, you're sent, you know, it could pose extra risk. Oh, one sec. All right, recording again. But essentially what's going on with it is older cameras, you had to pay an extra tax if it was like for webcaming. I see. And so, and the, the rule was 30 minutes. And oh, so all the We've old, been on that long. all the old ones. Well, that's like, oh, that, that was from I the last from the time yeah, I turned yeah, it yeah. off. That makes sense. And so, but yeah, so all older ones, they 29 minutes, 59 seconds. That's I so guess, interesting. And they'll just, they'll shut off. So they didn't have to pay a yeah, d- yeah. double tax. Yeah. Yeah. So super dumb. <laughs> and uh i don't know if that rule still applies but yeah. uh, i need to get a better camera because this is an awesome camera but that's yeah pretty annoying at times so that, that's that why i have to have this screen up that makes sense so yeah. you know when it's happening mm-hmm. that makes sense so anyways what were we talking about mm, i think we we're talking about the savings yeah for the most part interest rates you're talking about interest rates dropping yeah. like what if they don't drop within that okay time yeah thing? oh yeah i'll just restart there yeah so as someone that's uh you know, obviously you got to mitigate your risks. And so mm-hmm. what, what's your take on, you know, these in- interest rates? Like, do you think that they're actually going to drop within two years? And are these loans safe if, if they don't, or, you know, what, what are, what are you kind of, you see, do you think yeah. are, are people kind of gambling here? Cause it feels like people are like, Oh, you know, I can't afford it in two years. Yeah, yeah. So either, either like either rents are going to go up by X amount every year yeah. or, uh, or, Rates are going to go down so I can refinance. And, yeah. uh, and obviously, if that happens, you'll be sitting pretty. But if both those things don't happen and, you know, now they're just negatively cash flowing, that could be no, that's a great question. problematic. So that's a great question. What do you see is happening in the market? And uh, also, then, what do you think? Like, what, what is you, what's your prediction? Mm-hmm. Not that, you know. That I know. Not that we know, <laughs> but uh, we no, all I think have it's, our speculation. I think it's a good question. Um, and we do get that a lot, especially uh-huh. when it comes to the two one buy down or the three two one buy down or the one one, whatever buy down it is. Yeah. We definitely do get that question a lot. I think you have some people out there that are just like, I don't want to take any risk at all. But I think you got a lot of people who are like, No, it sounds really good to me because if this is what I need to do to get approved, or yeah. like if I can get approved regardless, and this is like my best option, then I'll take it because I think they've got in their mind like I, I want to buy a home because this is the American dream yeah. to buy a home or to have a home or to own a home. Um, so I think you've got a lot of people that do find it risky, but then we just have to educate them on how things work and how they have worked in the past. And generally we've seen with the election coming up next year, that that's generally when the rates do drop. Not that the president has any direct impact to say, hey, we're dropping the rates because I need to win this next election, but he yeah. can affect a lot of what's going on around it to help drop the rates, to help his campaign. I know it sounds bad, and some people might think I'm incorrect on that, but if you look at how it works with the bond market, with like the feds, it's whatever they say, that's what affects it. And sometimes it's a lot of, a lot of that has to do with jobs and things like that. And mm. what can the president do? He can create jobs yeah. by instituting whatever he needs in order to like have some bill go through, like, I don't know, perhaps getting the pipeline back, I doubt the president currently would do that but that helped out a lot by creating a ton of jobs so like the next job report that came out helped drop the rates you name it like whatever is happening right now nationwide and sometimes globally it does affect our bond market and so that's where we do predict that next year at some point 
that's going to happen because gotcha. that's what we've seen historically happen is when the election comes around, it drops. Now, as far as how much I think it's going to drop, I have no idea. Yeah. And it's a, is it possible that like, say Republican president gets elected and they just want to say like, Oh, like we're going to fix the economy. Like could they, could they actually just drop rates or is that just like a I mean, I farce that people are saying? I don't know if it would tank per se, but obviously when we had the previous president in it created a lot of jobs mm-hmm. and that helped maintain the rates and the threes and the four percents and then of course when the pandemic hit that affected the economy significantly yeah so the rates just dropped into the two percents which was phenomenal and the low threes for some people but it definitely helps out a ton i don't know if we'll necessarily get down to the threes or the fours that rapidly but i would hope that we would at least drop back down into the fives yeah but once again i'm not saying that that's going to happen that's just what we hope happens but it could easily happen depending on how the election goes gotcha okay i think that's good to know it's all speculation yeah, so definitely speculation you know, it helps comfort and make wise decisions you yes. know based on but it's all a game of probabilities so um yeah makes sense um what about you know i think uh probably a lot of people we'll see if anyone watches this but yeah uh, (laughs) you know obviously a lot of people want to get their first investment property or first home and so what would you suggest they do now to essentially prepare for that or if they have already prepared and they Mm -hmm. have the down payment you know what how do they move forward and uh you know what like what do they need to know before yeah. they, they talk to someone like you or you um plug, <laughs> plug down below no. <laughs> no thanks i appreciate that um i think as far as preparation goes it's just making sure that you obviously feel like you're in a comfortable spot to make that decision yeah and then as soon as you reach out you'll go through the process of filling out the application and the application is very simple. And even the, the upfront documentation is pretty simple too, as far as getting a pre-approval. A lot of it has to do making sure you have the two years of work history. And then obviously you have some type of citizenship that, and making sure that it's qualified with whatever type of loan you're going for. Yeah. Obviously, if you're an American citizen, it's you're obviously on the right track. If you're a permanent resident alien, it just depends on what type of visa or green card you had. That's, that's the biggest effect. Um, and then making sure you have the funds for buying the house, you know, obviously for the down payment and the closing costs. I think there's a misconception, at least from when I was growing up, it was always just, you got to have 20% down yeah. so you can avoid mortgage insurance or it was just, you had to have 20% down, but that's not true. And right now the mortgage insurance isn't as significant as it used to be. It's actually dropped quite a bit specifically with, um, the FHA type of loans. Yeah. Uh, and then you've even got conventional loans. It's kind of slimmed down a little bit more as well, which has been super nice. So that that's a misconception that you need to bring 20% down. Okay. If you're a first-time home buyer, going conventional, it's 3%. And then if you're an existing home buyer, then it would be 5% going conventional as the minimum amount. Okay. And then, of course, if you're going FHA, it's 3.5%. So roughly say like right now half million dollar house is pretty standard yes um we'll say first time home buyer three and a half percent plus additional additional closing Mm -hmm. costs like what does that lump sum look like you're probably looking at about mm, i'd probably say like 25 to thirty thousand dollars total okay if you're going that route oh well sorry three and a half percent it's going to be a little bit lower probably closer to like 20 
around gotcha. 5,000. But generally I've seen with 5%, we're probably looking at 30,000. Okay. Off of $500,000. Okay. And then, because tw- 20%, we're talking like, yeah. now you need <laughs> hundred and ten thousand dollars plus yeah with the the closing cost you're gonna need about a hundred and ten thousand but that's just once again a a misconception obviously it affects your monthly payment by a a A pretty big chunk yeah but that just depends where you're at financially as far as assets goes Mm -hmm. um but if you feel comfortable with the monthly payment then it's definitely something that that is pretty easy to qualify for and i think that's something really good for people to know i mean uh i've never never put 20 percent down on anything i think the closest i've ever got is nine so um and the reason why was just i always figured the market's going up then you know i I pretty much put how much would cash flow yeah uh at the levels that i wanted and then luckily the market's gone up and so now it's all every single one of them i own more than 20 percent but uh yeah it's just you just got to hold out for a couple years and then I know like you can petition after two years to get it appraised and, and drop your mortgage insurance, which exactly, is nice. Yeah. Um, Another thing that I do actually want to hit on, because I think this is, at least last year, this was a big concern, and I'm sure it still is today, uh-huh. because everybody kind of has this fear that, why would I buy now if it crashes? Which, that's a fair point. Granted, a lot of people thought it was already going to crash by now. I was thinking that in 2017, <laughs> 2018, 19. Yeah. And here we are in 2023. Yeah. And sure, it dropped at the beginning of the year, but it's already kind of gone back up a little bit. Uh, I think you get a lot of people that have that fear. But when you break it down, if you're planning to live there for like a year or two, then you probably don't buy if that is genuinely a fear of yours. But if you're planning to stay there for five to seven years what goes up obviously comes back down at some point, but do we know how much that amount's going to be? We don't. Yeah. Um, but if it does crash, then it's obviously going to pick itself back up. Cause we already saw that back in 2008 yeah. where it dropped quite a bit, but it's already picked up significantly past what it was before 2008. So I think that's like something to take into consideration that you're going to build that equity back up at some point. If you stay in the house for at least five to seven years. Yeah. That kind of reminds me of a tweet I looked at, and I actually threw it on my story a while back, but essentially it was like people that think that renting uh, ever compares to paying a mortgage as far as affordability goes. It's just like a total joke because over 30 years, you know, if, if you got a mortgage in, you know, 1995, <laughs> like, yeah, we're talking, you're paying probably like 300 bucks a month for this crazy awesome place. And so, and maybe for like the first year, two years, three years, yeah. it was more, but like over 30 years, it's a, Total no-brainer, and so I agree. Totally rings true. So thank you for for making that point. And I like, yeah, the way I see it, that we have we have too much the the U.S. economy. We have too much stuff baked in that you know we need essentially inflation. Like we have too much debt that you know we we essentially need low interest rates, and and we just we print money. We can't not print money. So yes, I agree. uh, Long run. It just looks really good for real estate, but we can't speak for two years or five years, but exactly for 30 years, it's pretty easy. Yeah, I thought that was my phone for some <laughs> no, no. So, how much more do we want to go? Because uh, you can edit this out, right? I can edit this right out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know in like my personal ones, I usually like stick my hand up. Yeah, so yeah. I can, uh, it's, it's no, just I, had a, I had another thought too. Um, we have it's obviously a longer segment, but even if we can take little chunks out 
mm-hmm. and put on like a little story. Well, f- for Instagram, that's like all it is. That's what I was going to say. That could be money because I feel like we've got a lot of really good mm-hmm. little bits in here. And, and I think... I just oh. hope it like looks decent, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, I, I agree. hope it's not like awkward that we're like staring sideways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if like it would be like it would be really nice to have a camera there and a camera there, you know. I mean, this is a learning process. But yeah. one thing too is we're getting the information out that yeah. we're wanting to get out, and I think that's the most important part. And I think in some cases we can hit on certain concerns that people might have through Instagram or Facebook, yeah. whatever we do, like a Q and A. I actually think that'd be really good on a story to do a Q and A, and then we can talk about it, and we can put little reels on there Mm -hmm. to answer those questions. Um, And then we can also hit on like sales tactics that may or may not be working. Because I did have a client, and you can put this in if you want. I did have a client a couple of months ago that I was working with, and I will admit, at the end of the day, I had gotten on a phone call that I got from referral, and I took the phone call. And I was a little stressed because I had another appointment outside of work, but I needed to go to. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just, I'll take care of this tomorrow. It was, like, it was close to like 7 p.m. And yeah. I, I took the phone call very abruptly. And I just said, yeah, just I'll send you the application. You can fill it out. And then I'll follow up with tomorrow. So I thought it went okay. But then the next day, the real estate agent called me and said, hey, so I don't think you're going to get that deal because she she didn't feel like you were very personable. So it came back to that that theory of, this is neuroscience. Yeah. Like, and, and it really does matter how you treat these people and, and it, it, whether or not they trust you. Because I guess that other that client had already talked to another lender as well and was kind of shopping it around. But I got on a phone call the next day after that real estate agent had told me about that. And around noon, I hopped on and we talked for an hour. Wow. I'm not going to lie. I, I wasn't expecting to have that conversation go that long until that had happened. And it wasn't ingenuine because i just like okay i need to really like focus on making it as personable as possible because that's that's what business is you know like building relationships and so i took i took that hour time to get to actually know the person and now we're actually really good friends and we text more not often like super often where it's you know inappropriate but (laughs) we do we do text just to see how each other's doing and it was really cool because now it feels like that's a client for life yeah like it's a real relationship exactly not service level exactly and so it was just it was really cool, like on a on a sales tactic side to understand how business really is and how yeah. you need to slow down at times yeah. to get to know someone. Well, and this is I mean, it's kind of full circle here, but it kind of goes back to our conversation in the beginning that like I I know for me, it's like if, if I want to do volume deals and be able to think less about certain aspects of it because I have <laughs> yeah. a, a team that I trust, you yeah, know, yeah. like obviously like the relationship we've built is just massive for that. And and I hope to have that in all portions of it. So that way, like, like I'm better at finding good deals True. and then figuring out how to exploit the most value out of it. Maybe exploits the wrong, mm-hmm. wrong word. Um, but like oftentimes, like I spend 5% of my effort actually thinking about that part. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, like how do I get my loan stuff done? And, and you know, how do I just, just all the other stuff that comes up, you know, yeah, how, do, yeah. how do I do this renovation and blah, blah, blah. And I try to end up doing half the work and, and X, Y, Z, where it's like 99% of the money I made was in the first two seconds of finding the deal and having the guts to go for it. Yeah. And all the rest of the stuff was kind of just like a waste, you know? And, uh, I think for me, like having a relationship and building a team that, uh, you, you can really trust and, you know, you can't be dumb and just like. You still got to verify, I guess, is, is, is yeah. the term. 
but like if you want to really make it in this industry it's that's that means a whole lot more than just like chopping every single deal for the exact yeah, best yeah, rate exactly yeah. burning everyone you know and yeah. so anyways no i agree it thank really you. is so thanks for having me on yeah of course um so anyways thanks for tuning into our podcast we'll uh this is numero numero uno oh, yes first so, one <laughs> we'll so see have mercy yeah but uh that was a lot of fun and that was actually uh hopefully we'll have matt on soon we kind of want to do a, a part two q a see uh what questions everyone has so uh we'll uh so stay tuned we'll we'll probably send a, a, a i guess some stories or something to that and hopefully we get some some traction so anyways thanks for being on the show man till next time till next time <laughs>